It's time to talk Cardinals baseball with a World Series champion, Brad Thompson, on the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome into another edition of the Redbird Report podcast. I'm Brad Thompson. I'm your host, and I'm currently in Tampa Bay. Well, I guess St. Pete, actually, as the Cardinals are looking to take the series against the Rays with Matthew Libertor on the mound against his former squad. So really should be a fun one this evening with Matthew Libertor on the mound. Fair or not, we all know that Matthew Libertor and Randy Arozarena are going to be tied together for at least the foreseeable future as the two were traded for each other. We all know that Jose Martinez was part of that deal as well and actually a bigger part of that deal than Arozarena was at the time. That's neither here nor there because since then, Randy Arozarena, we've seen him on the biggest stage. We saw him win the Rookie of the Year for the Rays in 2021 after making his debut in the big leagues with the Cardinals in 2019. He was an all-star last year, this year, and we saw him in the home run derby going against, yeah, another former Cardinal in Adolis Garcia. So, look, Cardinal fans want to see Matthew Libertor pan out. And to this point with Matthew Libertor, I think it's very fair to say it's been a mixed bag. He's pitched in 10 games for the Cardinals this year. He's made nine starts, tonight his 10th, and he's got an ERA of almost seven. You see some good things in an inning, then you see some bad things. What we did not see out of Matthew Libertor last time out as he faced the Twins was swing and miss, and that is something that he definitely is going to need. And it's something that we've talked a lot about this Cardinals staff needs. So for Matthew Libertor here down the stretch, as the Cardinals have 47 games remaining, is take advantage of every single opportunity that he gets to make a start. Now, I don't know if he's going to get the runway of the entire rest of the season or if it's going to be, hey, let's see what it looks like. If we think that he's making strides in the right direction, then we end up giving him more because I would also be inclined, and I want to talk about in a little bit, I want to talk about Zach Thompson because I'd like to see Zach Thompson make maybe get another start as he got the spot start a couple of days ago against the Twins as Miles Michaelis was serving his suspension. And boy, did he look good and had a lot of swing and miss. So I think that that ends up being an option there as well. But you need to find out what you have in the young Matthew Libertor. Remember, Libby is still only 23 years old. It's very easy for us to look at a guy and be like, I know what he is. But you got to think with how big he is, how young he is still relatively, that there's going to be more left in the tank. He's got a fastball that he runs up there in the mid to upper 90s. He's got that big curveball. Unfortunately, it looks like the opposition picks that up out of his hand, has a little hump to it because you're not seeing the swing and miss or you're seeing the reaction that you would like to see from some of these guys against that pitch. But there's going to have to be more there, and there's going to have to be more of the fastball command to both sides of the plate. He's going to have to show the ability to throw that at the top of the zone, at the bottom of the zone. There's too much middle of the zone because the opposition against Matthews' fastball, they're hitting 364 this year. It's worse than the mark was last year. They're hitting 351 against his four seam a year ago. So that hasn't gotten any better. And when you can't throw the fastball effectively, it doesn't allow you to get to that curveball, especially when you can't throw it for a strike all of the time. So that's going to be a big thing for him. I'm sure that part of his development might be adding in more of the slider. He's thrown that a little bit and it hasn't been highly effective, but it's certainly not one of his best pitches to this point. But there's going to have to be an evolution. And that's where Dusty Blake, the Cardinals pitching coach, and that's where this staff 
staff has to really look at him. How do they tweak Matthew Libertor? And how does Matthew go out there and compete here down the stretch? Because that's what you want to see. You want to see that fire in him. You want to see him go out there and take a job, or at the very least, put his name near the top of the list for next year as the Cardinals are hopefully, boy, I say hopefully, looking to fill a fifth starter job and the hope is they go out and get at least two legitimate starting pitchers and then have a young guy fill that last void. So we'll see tonight what Libby has in store against his former team, the Tampa Bay Rays that drafted him in the first round and then traded him off to the birds. There's got to be some sort of, hey, you want to get back chip on the shoulder thing, right? So maybe we see that tonight with Libby against a very good offense right now for the Rays. They've been playing way better baseball. They've got some questions when it comes to their pitching staff due to the fact that Shane McClanahan now is going to be shut down for the year. Tyler Glass now had an injection in his back a couple of days ago. They hope to get him back this weekend against the Guardians. There's some questions for this Rays team. That's just a couple of games behind the Baltimore Orioles right now in the division. They're in the first wild card, but I know this, the offense can bank. They're not full of household names, but you look top to bottom. They've got power, uh, some of the most uh, home runs in the league. They've got speed, the second most in baseball when it comes to stolen bases. So going to be quite the challenge uh, for Libby, and that's that's what you want to see. You want to see this young man go up against the best, and he'll get the opportunity tonight. Speaking of what do we want to see, I think that we're kind of at that part of the season, are we not? The Cardinals right now are 50-65 and 65 at the time of doing this podcast. They're 11 and a half games back in the division. They're 9 and a half games back in the wild card. And we're not going to say that eh, nothing's possible, okay? We all know that there could be a magical run. We all know that this is a very winnable division. But that appears to be right now a bit of a pipe dream, okay? Pipe dreams happen. It could be great down the stretch. But I'm not sure that the sights should be currently set on October. Now, I want it for those guys. I want it for the staff. I want it for Ollie Marmol, who is going to be managing every day, like today's game and tomorrow's game, every game, uh, means it's one step closer to October. Like, that's how you have to go about it when you're doing that. But with, with us doing this, as we're watching this, and I'm calling these games and just being here. What do we want to see down the stretch? 47 games remaining. If the Cardinals were to get to 500, which is, I mean, a far cry at this point, they'd have to go 31 and 16 the rest of the way to get there. Again, could be possible. Would love to see it. And if they do get there, that means a lot of things have fallen into place. But what do you want to see from here on out? Now, one of the things, and this is more of a nostalgic thing than anything else, boy, I sure would like to see Adam Wainwright get his 200 victories. We all know that he is sitting too shy right now, 198 for his career. And 198 or 200, he's a Cardinal Hall of Famer. He's one of the best to ever wear the jersey. He's one of the best ambassadors of the game that St. Louis has ever had, what he does with Big League Impact, his charity. And if you haven't checked it out, check it out uh, at bigleagueimpact.org. Like, they help out so many people. The dude is a legend. And whether he gets the two wins or not, the legend doesn't change. But, dang, that's a nice number to end up having. But the numbers overall for Adam Wainwright this year in his 14th 
15 starts, they have not been good. He's sitting right now with a 7.81 ERA. Last time out against the Rockies, he went three innings, gave up seven in this one, had a lot of trouble with two strikes, with two outs, and the Rockies, who are not a powerhouse offense, ended up jumping all over Adam Wainwright. We saw Adam come back off of the IL. Remember, he was dealing with some bad shoulder stuff. He got an injection, and he came back against Arizona, and it was in a spot start where they just needed a guy, and Adam was scheduled to throw a live batting practice, and instead of throwing a live BP, he went out there and took what was supposed to be 60-65 pitches. He turned it into five strong innings, gave up two against Arizona, and had a chance to win that game. Unfortunately, a story that we've told many a times, Cardinals bullpen did not hold that one up for him. They did ultimately end up coming back and winning the game. Adam, though, uh, was not the guy that got the win in that one, but Cardinals did win it 10-6, and Adam helped him out big time. Next time out against the Cubs, he went six innings, gave up four earned runs, not a quality start, but the stuff had looked better. It didn't look as good against the Rockies. Now, the velo is a little bit better since coming back off the IL. I think there's more snap to the breaking ball. I know that Adam is very adamant that he feels better and that the results are going to be better and I want to see it he's going to get the opportunity in game one against the Royals this weekend on Friday to get number 199 the Royals are playing better baseball than they have in the past better baseball than they have all season right now but still a lineup that Adam Wainwright the veteran should be able to navigate. That's one thing that I really want to see. I want to see that for him. I want to see that milestone for Cardinal fans who have followed him so diligently throughout his career, and we know that he can get there, but need it to happen. I'm going to need a lot of things to fall into place, too, because it can't just be about Adam Wainwright going out there, going seven shutout. It could happen, but the offense is going to have to pick him up. The bullpen's going to have to be able to lock down some leads. So hopefully we see Adam Wainwright get to 200 victories. That's one of the things that I really want to see. Another thing that I would really like to see here down the stretch in the final 47 games for the Cardinals, as we just got done talking about the veteran Adam Wainwright, I want to see the evolution, continued evolution, of the rookie in Jordan Walker. Now, Jordan Walker, it's been an up-and-down season for him as well, quite literally. He ends up making the big league ball club. He gets sent back out. He makes some adjustments, come back to the big leagues, and you've seen some good results. Now, offensively, he's getting pitched tough and we've seen it a lot and he has made some good adjustments I think he's done a way better job on especially breaking balls away laying off some of those pitches that are off the plate those tantalizing ones that early in the season a pitcher would start on the outer half knowing it was going to be off the plate you would get him to flail at it he's doing a better job of that one right there but still susceptible to the pitch and even the pitch slider down the way in the strike zone and pitchers have really been doing a very good job of getting inside on him and opening things up. So even a strike on the inner half, it ends up jamming him because he's so cognizant of that pitch that's away from him. But these are part of the adjustments. And offensively, I really think that he is going to be fine. He's going to figure it out. He's 21 years old and really just turned 21 years old a couple of months ago. And he's hit his whole life. So that part of it, you think that is going to be there. He's a good enough athlete to figure that out. But the other thing that you need to see from Jordan Walker is he's got to be better in the outfield. Has to be better in the outfield. Because right now you might say, well, he's not an outfielder. Where are you going to put him? Because you got Nolan Arenado over at third base, his natural position. He could easily go over there and play first base. You got Paul Goldschmidt there for next year. And I'd be very surprised, honestly, if they don't sign Goldie 
lead to at least a two-year extension at some point. I see that thing happening. So really, your corners are taken. You have other pieces that you'd like to see in a DH role. You don't want to do that to the 21-year-old, even though if you were probably going to ask him in a moment of honesty, when he shows up to the ballpark, it's like, hey, dude, where do you want to see your name in the lineup? Would you rather see it playing right field or would you rather see it DH? I bet he would tell you DH because it would take a lot of stress off of playing the outfield in the biggest level, all the eyes on you, and he knows he's not good out there. I mean, it's it's the numbers bear it out. He's one of the worst outfielders in the league right now, and it's unfair to like heap a bunch of, of criticism on him. He just learned the position. He just got switched to it late last year, still trying to figure it out, but that's one thing that has to get better for him. The reads, the jumps, the aggressiveness out in the outfield, the routes to the ball, getting behind one when you got a runner tagging up. Like There has not been any part of him being in the outfield that has appeared seamless. The one thing that you see from him, and we saw it in this uh, series against the Rays, he's got an arm. I mean, he'll gun you down. He's got a cannon out there, one of the best arms in the outfield in all of baseball, but he's got to figure out ways to put himself in a better position. And the thing is with, with him, when I say that, um, it, it sounds like he's not like putting in the work. The dude's putting in all the work. He's there early. He's working with Willie McGee. He is. He's watching video. He's taking reps off of the bat during BP. Watched him yesterday for a long time. Just specifically him out in right field during batting practice of the way that he's moving and what he's trying to do. But it's hard. It is hard to get better at the big league level. It's hard to learn in front of thousands and thousands that are watching. And it's hard when you don't trust yourself out there and it's very evident that he's at that point right now so when does the trust grow for him does he get better in the next 47 games and how do how does ollie and this staff how do they best deploy him on a day-to-day basis and the idea of that is you're you're playing the outfield and you're going to get the reps and you're going to learn i think they're still at a point though because ollie and this staff and this organization they want to win late in games i still think that you're going to see him being taken out if you have the personnel, if everybody's healthy, that you're going to see him taken out for a defensive replacement. I still think that that is the right thing to do because you got guys that are busting their tail every single day. You got Goldie, you got Arenado that are out there. They don't feel good. They're hurt, but they're posting every single day you got to prove to them that you're trying to win every ball game also. So while you want to get the kid the reps and you want to get him in there in some of the biggest spots, I don't think that Ollie can do that all the time. You're going to have to pick your spots to leave him in late in the game, and you're going to have to get it to the point where he proves to you that you can trust me to be in the outfield late. But he's 21, and that is a big, big jump. But that's something that I want to see for him is the continued progress, not just offensively. We all want to see that for the young walker, but I want to see it deep defensively as well and I just love to see that confidence for him grow but I also know how difficult it is with all the eyeballs on you and you're trying to learn a new thing I know how hard it is to breed that confidence the the old fake it till you make it yeah that doesn't always work when you're out there praying the ball doesn't get hit to you you know what else I want to see down the stretch talking about the young Jordan Walker, I'd like to see a young friend of his, a young teammate of his in Mason Wynn get his booty up to the big leagues and do so quickly. Mason Wynn, 21 years old, putting up good offensive numbers at AAA Memphis. 284 at the time of doing this podcast. He's got 17 home runs. He's stolen 17 bases. The dude is a human highlight reel over at shortstop. Not saying everything that is, is perfect, but he's got a cannon for an arm. He is a big-time athlete. 
And by the way, big-time athletes play in the game of baseball right now because of the limited shift. If you have a shortstop that has incredible range and has an arm like he does, it puts you at a big-time advantage, really ends up helping out your pitching staff. And really, when you look at the flexibility of this roster for the Cardinals, with Brendan Donovan being out for the year, which is a big blow to this ball club. I mean, that guy's an integral part of what the Cardinals are doing. You have Tommy Edmond right now playing shortstop every day when Paul DeYoung was dealt to Toronto, and Tommy can play a good shortstop. But if you brought up Mason Wynn, you have that athlete there, you have the ability to bounce Tommy around. You can put him in center field, you can put him at second, he can give guys days off all over the yard. You become a more complete ball club. I want to see it. I want to see what this young man looks like at the big league level. Mason Wynn really, out of spring training, I think that he was more impressive than Jordan Walker, who ended up making the team. There was just a need in the outfield. There was more hype around Walker, and he ended up getting the nod. But Mason Wynn turned a ton of heads. I know that this staff has wanted him on the team for a lot of the year, wanted to give him the opportunity, and you'd have to think that now the opportunity is coming here as we approach mid-August because you want to keep his rookie status. I get that. I get the logistics of it. And to keep rookie status, just so you know, he's got to be on the roster for less than 45 days on a calendar year. So that kind of puts him right around like August 19th-ish, I think, if my math checks out. So I'd expect expect to see him around then but that's what I want to see I want to see what it looks like and I want to see the successes I want to see the failures I want to see how he deals with them I want to see the adjustment because when I think about Mason Wynn coming up to the big league level the one thing that makes sense to me is I want to see him struggle here so he knows what adjustments to make potentially in the offseason because we saw that with Nolan Gorman last year. Now, Gorman got a far bigger runway last year, a lot more data for him to sort through, but he found out pretty quickly how big league pitchers were approaching him. They were crushing him with a fastball up in the zone. He didn't have an answer to it, and he went into the offseason and made adjustments to his swing so he could get to that pitch or he could foul that pitch off and give himself more chances, and look at what he's doing right now. He's got 24 home runs on the season. He has been better against the fastball up. He has given himself more chances, and he's turned himself, by the way, into a fantastic second baseman, and the numbers bear that out. So that's what I would like to see for Mason Wynn. I'd like to see him get that opportunity. You run him out there. Whenever he gets here, you run him out there every day. Play shortstop pretty much every single day. You let Tommy play there if Mason needs an off day. But you're pretty much going to run him out there at 21 years old. Get the fresh legs. Get the energy. Get the excitement. And by the way, those elements, too, are something that this ball club can need. You think about it right now, 50 and 65, you're in 11 and a half games back in the division. It's hard to bring the energy every day. Well, you're going to bring it when you have a 21-year-old kid that ends up getting the shot at the big league level. I think that that's a nice boost for everybody out there. So Mason Wynn, want to see him, want to see him quickly, and I want to see what added element that he brings to this team. The excitement, the energy, the athleticism, the ranginess. I think that he's going to bring a lot to this ball club. I mentioned a guy early as we were talking about Matthew Libertor and his opportunity here against the Rays tonight and hopefully a series victory for the Cardinals. But I mentioned Zach Thompson as a guy that I wanted to see a little bit more of. Now, this season did not go as planned for Thompson. Remember, he made the ball club. He was a member of the bullpen, and things weren't going great. Other guys started to emerge from the left side. They ended up making the decision to send him down to the minors, stretch him back out again to start as he was drafted to do, and that didn't go so well. He ended up walking the house. I mean, he had more walks than innings pitched. I mean, it just did not go the way that he wanted. But we've seen him back here at the big league level, and he did make that spot start as Miles Michaelis was 
dealing with his suspension, and uh, they needed a guy. They needed a guy against the Rockies, and Zach went four innings. He punched out eight, and showing off some real feel for all of his pitches. You know that the fastball is good. You know that that breaking ball of his, the curveball, has been his signature pitch, but he's added an element with the slider that really keeps hitters honest. Those right-handers, and he even talked about it. He kind of talked about Kershaw slider that he uses a ton. I mean, Clayton really leans on that pitch, and he said right now it might feel the most comfortable out of all of his pitches, that slider. I want to see it. I want to see more of it. Now, the question is, where? Where does he best fit? Is it in Libertor's spot in the rotation? Do you give him another one if it doesn't look good? Do you one more? Do you make that switch quickly? I think that that is more of a coaching staff, maybe even front office decision of how they want to do that runway. But I want to see Zach Thompson more, and I want to see more innings out of him. Not just the, hey, one inning out of the pen. I want to see how he navigates a lineup more than one time because I think that added slider is really going to help him, and I want him to be in the mix for that fifth starter job when we come to 2024. Like I want him to really be able to force the Cardinals' hands to potentially take that job. Speaking of taking jobs, that's exactly what JoJo Romero has done at the back end of the bullpen. JoJo was a guy that, after all the trades went down, I asked Ollie, I said, hey, who do you think is going to take advantage of the situation the most? And I wasn't even talking about specifically in the bullpen. I was talking about just all the trades. Like, what young guy do you think is going to run with this opportunity that they're going to get? And right away he said, JoJo. Said, I think that JoJo is the guy that's going to do it. And that's exactly what we've seen out of JoJo Romero. You want to talk about a new confidence, a new swagger when the guy takes him out. JoJo, we saw him uh, last night. He punched out three in an inning, a third against the Rays. He's got seven Ks over his last two. The combination of his fastball, changeup, and slider has been highly effective. And the fact that he's pitching with it in the zone. Like he's turned into a back end lefty that you trust late in the game. Like I, I bet he'll get a save opportunity or two down the stretch with the way that he's throwing the ball. And that's something I want to see, too. I want to see him continue to solidify his status for 2024 down the stretch. Love what we've seen out of JoJo Romero. Uh, like what we've seen, like I mentioned, out of Zach Thompson. Want to see more and more of that. But looking forward to JoJo down the stretch and seeing how they use him and seeing how he responds. And the other thing, really, and there's more. I mean, there's so many different things to really look at down the stretch here for this Cardinal team. Uh, but stop me if you've heard this one before. I'd sort of like to see this outfield be solidified. Like, what, what does that look like? We just talked about Jordan Walker already. It's kind of better from a winning baseball game standpoint to not have him in the outfield because he's struggled out there, but he's got to get better. He's going to be out there, and that's what you want. You want to roll him out there and let him learn at this level. Um, Newt Bar. Newt Bar has been a dude. You want to talk about a guy in the second half that has made some changes? His on-base skills have been really good all year. His patience have gotten even better at the plate. He spits on anything down in the zone. Last night hit his 12th home run of the season, but he talked about this recently that he was kind of irked by the lack of power that he had early on and he wanted to tap into it more and that's exactly what we're seeing out of Lars Newbar. and for him I want him to continue to prove down the stretch that he is a dude that come 2024 come hell or high water Newt is going to be in the lineup and he's going to be an impact guy and I love him off the top now next year Brendan Donovan is going to be back in the fold a great option at the top of the order but Lars like the way that he's swinging it right now with the power he could be a threat at the leadoff spot you could 
hit him second with his bat-to-ball skills. You could hit him third, which we've seen. He could clean up. Like, there are a lot of different places that you could put Lars Newpar, and that's something that I really want to see down the stretch is what that looks like. Now, Tyler O'Neill is another thing that you want to see. Since coming back off of the IL with the back, he missed 63 games, the numbers have been better. Now, he has not been consistently available. It hasn't been the back here the last couple of days in Tampa Bay. He was scratched with some left knee soreness. He talked about it. He said he wants to be out there battling with the boys, but he needs to listen to his body. His body said he couldn't go against the race. Needs to be out there, though, and he needs to be able to uh, show that he can be a guy for next year, and I'm not even necessarily just talking for the Cardinals. I mean, the trade deadline has come and gone. Tyler O'Neill's name was thrown out there quite a bit and was not moved, obviously. The Cardinals didn't want to take less return for Tyler O'Neill due to the fact that he had the injury history with the upside that he has, but he's going to have to prove that he can answer the bell and that he can continue to put up these offensive numbers. He has really helped solidify things in the outfield defensively since coming back. We all know most of the year the circus that was in the Cardinals outfield. He's helped that a lot, but you need to see more. You need to see him out there. You need to see him make a run because this ball club is better. Love Tyler or hate Tyler, like wherever you fall on Tyler O'Neill, the ball club better when he's out there and he's producing like this is a guy that was a couple of years ago uh, top 10 in the MVP race he can steal bases he can hit for power he plays a good defense two-time gold glover you love to see him in the fold but he's got to prove that he can be out there because it's going to be an interesting market for him when it comes uh, via the trade or in another year when it comes via free agency for Tyler O'Neill. how do you value that how do you value a guy that has the skill set that he does but can't continuously stay on the field that ends up being a real problem for him so down the stretch he's going to have to prove that he can still stay out there. There's going to be so many things here to process in the last 47 games. I hope there's a lot of positive things to process. I can tell you this, just being around the ball club every day, these guys aren't happy. They're not happy that they're losing games. They're frustrated. They are not checking dates off the calendar. This isn't Shawshank. It was like, got another day down, scratch it on the wall. They're not. They're putting in the work, and they're trying to get better and better every day. So they want to win games down the stretch. And these winning games might not end up being a postseason run, but they want to finish strong. And I promise you the work is continuously put in. But you got to see the results. you got to see some of these young guys make some strides. And you got to see who takes advantage of the opportunities here down the stretch. I appreciate you tuning in to the Redbird Report podcast. I have sucked when it comes to continuity and consistency. You know, a couple of C words that are pretty important. I want to be better at that too. So uh, I will be working on that part of it when it comes to the podcast, but I appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the Redbird Report brought to you by 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Check out every episode at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app.